single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. How do you get how do you get the numbers up? You get Jamie Kennedy to come on. You pulling the big guns, dude. I I can't even get a thousand views. <laughs> yeah, you can't. But do you do a podcast? I'm ch- I kind of, but I'm not really there yet. Okay. I need to be set well, up. Well, like consistency. This. So the kind of that there's a problem. You gotta do it every week. Yeah. You gotta. Pulling all the favors, you know, you got to get the Jamie Kennedys and the Theo Vaughns and the Andrew Santinos, Ooh. bigger names. What happens if you just want to talk sometimes and do it without? You could do solo, but then it's just your fans. If you want to reach that new audience to get the new fans, you got to get pulling the big guns, the Hollywood show business people. But there are podcasts without interviews. There's Bill Burr. Yeah. Theo Vaughn, but yeah. even he started bringing on guests. Oh, he has guests. Yeah. Yeah. But he did it for a while with no guests. Is that from McDonald's? Uh-uh. Phil's. Phil's. Where's that? I've never been there. It looks good. Oh, it's down the street. I was at you one. Oh, it's all good. Oh, Phil's Coffee. Yeah, I've been there. Are you ready to start? Did you weird it out with a meeting? Know. I'm hungry, no. dude. No, yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat while we're talking about my problems <laughs> that I didn't know I had. It's good. I got state-of-the-art equipment here. I'll cut out all your munches. Beautiful. What's up? What did you do today before this? Woke up. That's it? Yeah. Slept in? Have you ever been a morning person or no? Never. I was thinking about this. Like I see these people getting up at 4.30 or 5 a.m. to work out. impossible. And thank you. And I think we're having probably the same, you know, know, DNA. Uh We're like, I also stayed up until 5.30. Yeah. I was like organizing. 5.30, that's late. I know. And, no, last, and you're not even like, you're not even doing drugs up that late. No, you're, you're just no, brow, my, surfing the internet. My head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleaning up shit, organizing shit. Um, That's what your assistant's for. Yeah, I know, but I, I have to stay on top of her. I asked her out twice. She said she's married. She is. Yeah. You asked her out twice? Yeah. <laughs> the first time she said she was married and the second what? time she said she was still married. Why? So what? at what point do you not realize that she's married? No, now I realize. Then I just asked the third time as a joke, but that was the third time was a genuine joke. You're deep in my assistance. No, just Asks. wait. You have multiple. No, her. Uh, no, I just met her once. She, I remember at the, at the ice house, she came in with you, and I was like, "Who is that?" You like her? She's married, so I don't like her anymore. All right. I mean, I like her as a friend, as a business acquaintance. Yeah. Have coffee with her. Yeah, she seems cool. Oh, I want to tell you the story about the time you you won't even remember it. Is this on? Do we start? Yeah. All right, good. I wanted to. You tell didn't you, even need an intro. No intro, baby. I'll I do like the intro that. off there. But this is a story of the first my first interaction with you. Oh shit! You won't, you won't even remember it. Oh shit! It's good. No, it's good. You look good in it. Okay. So, I was doing this bar show at the Pikey. I was performing on it. Okay. Doing stand up on it. Yep. And. It was packed, actually. There was a full crowd in there, and it was good. And I go up there, and I am bombing horrendously. Like eating, eating a cock. Eating a cock. A beautiful, fat hog. I addressed it one time. That didn't even get a laugh. They just said, come on, man. 
finish up your shit or something like that. Like they weren't they weren't heckling. It was I, I made a comment like I'm bombing right now, and they're like, "Come on, do the next joke" or something like that. They're just like, "Move on with it." They were just. It was one of the worst bombs I had had in a long time. This was a couple of years ago, a few years ago. I hear one person in the back cracking up, and I look in the back, and it's you. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and we don't know each other, and I'm like, oh great. Jamie Kennedy, you know, my childhood hero, is in the back watching me eat a dick. And I get off stage and you're like, dude, that was funny, man. You had some funny jokes and I was just horrible. And I was like, what a night. Only in Hollywood, baby. But it made you feel better. It made me feel better and worse at the same time. But because, here's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it was very supportive and you were so nice. And, and, and I didn't know you. And I was like, well, what a nice guy. But I was like, man, I did not want to bomb in front of Jamie Kennedy. Well, A... Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's an honor. B, I think that was David Murphy's Pikey show. That's exactly what show it was. So it was David Murphy. So you remember? Who, yeah, because now I remember because I'll tell you exactly because I went yeah. up that night. And David Murphy said, oh, I got a new show. I got a new show. And then I realized, I think that was his first show. Yeah, it was. But it was packed. It was packed. And yeah. I have to tell you, if I laughed, you were funny. Right? Thank you. I was, you were probably yeah. making me laugh. And it's like, yeah. you know, things that comics do are... Maybe I saw your pain, that you, how you were trying for these people. <laughs> but I have to tell you, that yeah. was a tough crowd. Like, I think I did okay that night. Okay. And I do remember, but I remember there was like a lot of models there. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like looking at me like, just they weren't just, they weren't comedy right. types. They were like, what? Like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. not an easy, and it was jammed. It was yeah. like performing in a tuna can. Yeah, like, exactly. Like people like really right here. Yeah. So it was weird. So that, that was, was weird. A, but that was my first interaction with you. Wow. And I remember just thinking, what a cool guy. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I, it's interesting. Like, I would see when I, I started comedy about eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I moved here, I would see your name pop around, especially kind of like on the road. Mm -hmm. But I never really saw you pop in around town up until a few years ago. Why, why did you take like a hiatus of doing spots around LA? Where would you see my name on the road when you were on the road? Yeah, just kind of on. Uh, I'd do a club, and I'd, they'd, I'd see maybe a poster that you had been there. I don't know if it was recent or old or whatever, but I would see your your name pop up. Um, well, comedy changed. You know, I'd like you to tell me your opinion of it, but like the the the, the clubs in town were showcase clubs. Uh huh. So you would get in the clubs, get your five to seven minutes to get a TV show spot. Right. And you get on TV, and then from that, you start getting, you know, sitcom and movie credits. Mo right. Credit, and then you work your way up, and then you build your name, and then you go on tour, and then you do your first special, and you tour it out, and you do your next special, and you, you write and stuff. So comedy, I would pop in and around town at different shows, promoter shows like Skyler. Uh -huh. I would pop in at the store, and I'd pop into the factory, but not as much because I was always doing it. But in around 20, the end of 2015, early 2016, I um, met Melissa McQueen. And she's like, you got to start going here and you got to start going there because there's like these shows that are really hot. And I started going out. And if I was doing six or seven shows a week on the road, uh -huh. my mindset was, why would I go and do 10 minutes in town? I got the material. Yeah. I think I got the practice. Yeah, I got totally. the money. Yeah. What am I going to do? A spot for a hundred bucks, right? Right. And then I realized that, well, I went into town and people that are playing arenas and theaters are in town doing 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So something changed because 
I think everybody just started doing everything. Right. I think podcasts got humongous. Mm-hmm. Netflix made it humongous. And comedy changed. So people were telling me, if you're not in town, you're not in the game. Right. So you're like, I need to get back in the loop here. Yeah, because I was always, I never stopped. I yeah. just wasn't doing town really. Right. Because of, because from, but tell me if I'm crazy. It's like, if you're doing 15 minutes on a show on oh, Tuesday, but dude. you already played the Chicago Improv on the weekend, what's the point? But it is the point because everyone's it. doing it. Well, it's not even just what's the point too. For me, it's sometimes I'll get back in town from doing a week of shows and I'm like, I need a few days off, man. I'm going out again in a few days back on the road. I need to just chill. Yes. So there's more, for me, it's almost more of that. What happened was everybody who's ever done comedy, I think comedy in the last four years has gotten hotter than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, you've only been doing it eight years, but uh-huh. you'll ask the elders. Totally, yeah. And from people from the 70s, 80s, 90s, to now, to YouTubers, to whatever, everyone, wrestlers, you know, stars. Everyone's doing it. Unstars. No, but, and, and everyone who's a name, everyone who's good, everyone who's not good, everyone is doing it as much as they can. Yeah. And so that type of work ethic, and I've seen with people, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this person's productivity is insane. And it's like, I got to be in the game. So you just can't be on the road. Right. Because you will be on the road. And I will say, you get better as a comedian- you get better on the road for stage and strength, but you get better for material in town because you can rely on some hackinisms on right. the road right. that you can do in a small and town. And when it's all your fans, they're going to laugh more. And then when you're here in town, they which yeah, is, they may be your fan, but they're also a fan. You know, they just watch 10 other comics. No, and I know. And that was, and that was a, this is a really good point. It's like, it's true. It's like I would just play to my fans and I'd be like, why do I want to go here? If I have my own fan base, why do I need to go here? And then you're right. To be really good, you got to make yourself uncomfortable again. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to. And it's like, I'm working all day. I'm running around. I got an audition. I got a pitch and I got to do 12 minutes. And it's like, I got to follow five amazing comics, but it makes you better. Yeah. So you're right. It is, but you're, it's true. You, it's how to stay good in the game. Yeah. yeah I'm good. It's and now I've noticed. So you went from doing the road. Yeah. Now you're in you're in town doing your thing, going up everywhere. Would you say I'm definitely a presence in town? Yeah. I'm and there. I was gonna say not only that, it seems like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Say whatever you want. Seems like you'll do any gig people offer you. <laughs> and it's like cool though, because like the Pikey gig, which wasn't a bad show, it was packed. But it wasn't a gig where I'm like, oh, Jamie Kennedy. Why is Jamie Kennedy here? He's he's a movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's cool. Well, I mean, you tell me. I think some comedians that you really like and that are really big or 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 not big. I think there's a lot of people doing that now. Yeah, and I think that you know maybe I was one of the people that helped do that. But I think that comedy became a, a community unlike it's ever been, where open micers meet you know, arena acts and they talk and they might go, yo, pop in. I think with podcasting and social media, we have become more. Yeah. More of a community. I could say no, but it's like, if I'm not doing anything, I I have to get better. You have to be able to play every room. I played every club last week. There's seven clubs in town. I played all of them. And you have a deep love for comedy. And I know that because I don't remember how many years ago, but you made the movie Heckler. Mm-hmm. The documentary, mm-hmm. which I remember watching when I was a kid, not a kid, but uh, a young man who hadn't done comedy yet. But I remember watching And what it. was its impact on you? And then I'll tell you why, man. 
So I haven't watched it. I haven't rewatched it since I did comedy, but I remember watching it and thinking, man, people are assholes. But, and it was interesting. It was interesting to see that behind the scenes take, because you hear about hecklers, but you didn't, you know, maybe a lot of, most people probably have never actually seen one or don't fully know what one is or get behind, but you actually interviewed them. You found them. Were you getting a lot of hecklers? Did you get more hecklers than the average comedian, would you say? No, it wasn't that. It was that at the time I had a, like a concentrated laser of pain pointed at me. You know, I was getting ready to do my first special. I had come off a movie that didn't work. Which movie? It was a sequel to The Mask. Oh, Son of the Mask, yeah. Yeah. I came off horrible reviews off of that. So you're in a bad mood because of that. You're in a bad state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Not not in a good... Pained. Very painful. So I came off of that, and I got a deal to do my first special. And so I started going out to the clubs, and people would... Say one or two things, nothing crazy. Like, you know, you'd say, like, you know, when you're like putting on your pants, you know, ah, one leg at a time or something. Yeah. You know, that, that's always happens. It's nothing big. Yeah. But like, I would interact with people because I get tired of material. And I started seeing that the interactions were funnier and more alive than my material. Mm-hmm. So I started putting them together. And the director who was working with me on the special, I'm like, dude, this is becoming its own thing. And he's like, you know, me. And he was like, dude, I think this is a project. I'm like, yeah. So we started talking about heckling. And what's the nature of it? Why did it happen? So we started really, so we, so we started stringing it together. And then he, he's like, we got to interview people. I'm like, yeah. The first interview we got was Joe Rogan. And Joe started us off. And then Bobby Lee. And then we started going down the line. Yeah. And their experiences. And everybody had these experiences, so I felt much better. And then as I was making it, the reviews of the movie were just we never had online, dude. Online became it was like ten years old, but all these blogs started popping up with something called blogger.com. I don't know. Uh-huh. And everyone was a reviewer. It wasn't just professional people. And they were just ruining me and going to my past movies and career. And I was like, what the fuck? So then it started evolving into online heckling. So live heckling. Right. That's right. You had reviewers on it. Had, uh, doing Someone like, who, who wrote something nasty online about you. Yeah. So what the movie really is about is what is the nature of heckling? The nature of heckling used to just be live heckling. Mm-hmm. And they were they were considered bastards. But they're the best hecklers and the bravest because they'll do it to your face. Right. And then, and then reviewers started- Or the ha- drunkest. Yeah. <laughs> but reviewers started heckling too. They would re- they would heckle you in the review of stuff. That I never right. saw that before. And then just people online, the comments became hecklers. Yeah, so, YouTube comments, yeah. Instagram, everything. So the whole world at that moment in time was a convergence of a bomb movie, doing my first special, you know, coming into my own as a young man. And how old are you at this time? I was I was 35. Okay. And fucking this online thing that we never experienced on this planet yeah. where everyone can talk shit about you hundreds of times over. So I was like, ah, and that's why I did it. And, and then it's I, still relevant. I would say to this day is much now oh, as yeah, ever. More. There's so many people come up to me all the time about it. 
It's yeah. one of the, like seven things that people talk to me about. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, cool. And it came out. It was an independent movie though, right? Totally. I made yeah. it with my friend. Yeah. And we only sold it to Showtime. Thank you, Showtime. But <laughs> it's it was, you know, a little early, I think. And it's it's so relevant, dude, now. I and mean, just people, it's like, dude, I was thinking about this yesterday. Do not concentrate. I, I did this. I caught myself. I was concentrating on something I didn't have. And then I was like, but look at all the good shit I do have. Yeah. And if you do that, I know that sounds corny and crunchy and very hippie. But it's true. It keeps you in a more positive state of mind. It yeah. keeps you going. If I you, feel so fucking good yeah. when I do that. And it's like, if you do that, you'll never heckle and you'll never critique. Because it's not my job. Right. I'm not the fucking critiquer of Ari Manis. Okay? Right. Ari is his own boss. Yeah. I just got to worry about Jamie fucking Kennedy. 100%. And criticism is almost... Some people make their fucking living off criticism. I don't think they're happy, but it's they like can't be. I don't. It's not my job to sit there and look and see what other people are doing. It's my job just to do me. Yeah, hundred percent. It's the people. I mean, when you start getting negative towards other people, even it just brings your whole personality down. Like totally. You ever been on a car ride with a bunch of comedians and all you do is talk shit about other comedians for two hours? It's fun. I try to avoid that. And then you get to the place and you've just talked shit for two hours and you're you almost feel drained because of it. Wait, I want to go back. Am I known as like a hooker? I'll do any show. (laughs) Hey good Jamie. (laughs) Not not a hooker. It's it's uh it's a good thing. I mean I I honestly mean it's a good thing thing is people will be like, wow Jamie's like doesn't give a fuck. He'll do it. Isn't that cool? In a cool way, yeah. It's like, uh, for example, my apartment show. I don't want to say names, but I will. There's only two people that have ever said, I don't want to do that show. And one of them did it. It was Fahim. And that was, he was just nervous. There was gonna, he doesn't, he didn't know it was going to be a good show. A lot of people, when I tell them about it, they go, I don't want to do a show for four people. But they don't realize that I have a stage and lights and a sound and, mm-hmm. and an audience. And then the other one was Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, and I think with you Polly. You just said you weren't going to say names. Yeah, but then I lied. Okay. I said names. Um, with Polly, because I'm friends with Polly, I used to open for him on the road. I think, I don't know. I don't know. In my head, the only reason he would say no is because he thinks that it, he'll get laughed at for doing it or something like that. Like he's insecure about it. Well, let me tell you this. The night I did it, you had all killers. Fahim was one of them. Yeah. It was Josh Wolf, Fahim, Cheeto, yeah. Laura Beats. Yeah, it was great. Myself. Yeah, it was an amazing show. Brian Simpson. Yeah. That's insane lineup. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucking insane. Lineup. Yeah, yeah. It was stacked. I and had everyone to close killed that it. Thing. Yeah. That and fun. you killed it. And I, it was dope. Yeah, I have to tell you, again, this goes back to our earlier conversation is dude, I have to lose all my fucking ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I understand where people are if they don't want to do something because I get like that. I've been like that. I'm now at the point where I have to do something if it's uncomfortable. Not right. if I don't so, want to, if I don't need to, but if it's creatively uncomfortable. Right. Because it's it's if I really – I feel like it will make me better. Yeah. And I have to do it. And I do believe that if you kind of put yourself out there in these firing lines – and sometimes you do take a shit, people will like you for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Do you. Have you found, you've been doing comedy how long? Dude, uh, uh, honestly, uh-huh. 28 years. 20 years, that's awesome. It's inspiring. So in 20 years. And I took years, a little break when I was really busy in movies, and then I got busy. Right. Hardcore for 21 years, mm-hmm. four up top, 
like a three and a half year gap in between. Right. Ahead. So 20, 20 plus years. Yeah. Have you found, because, I mean, we, we were talking about this the other day, how you, you did my brother's show after and, and didn't have the best set on that show. I ate a, a little bit. And, and it just goes to show you could be doing it. Dick. You could be doing it for a long time. Yeah. You could be well known, still have bad sets. Totally. Have you found that this audience, because I this is something that people probably have always said throughout years, but is this audience the most sensitive it's ever been? Have you found that it's harder and harder to do stand-up? Is it changed a lot or is it the same? Is a joke still a joke or is there is it more sensitive now and people are getting mad and not wanting to laugh as much? Oh no, it's it's definitely changed. You yeah. know, it's definitely changed. It's definitely this is a long answer. I'm gonna to try to give you a cultivated answer here. Um by the way, Phil, you should sponsor him. And you know where boys Phil. You don't even know this. Yeah, and it's in the neighborhood. My boy, I don't wanna say this too much, my my boy, my my friend, who I'm friendly with, is the junior. He's the CEO of this company. Oh, that's awesome! So I want to let you know who has more money, you or him? I think right now, probably him. Maybe not. Maybe I he know. didn't cash out yet. But um, you strike me as a guy who would save well. I save pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I couldn't wear my Yeah. Um, that's funny. <laughs> so here's what it is. I did a show last night. I'm not going to tell you where. Okay. And I was like. And I followed a comic, and she did some, like, you know, some woke material. Okay. And she was really funny. Okay. And At least I, it was funny. And I went up, and I was, like, kind of not woke, <laughs> making fun of the woke. And I got a lot of laughs, too. And then when I left, I kind of just wanted – I looked over at her, kind of like – and she just didn't look. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, so, and then I asked. She the, couldn't appreciate the other side. I asked the dude. I'm like, dude, was she mad? He's like, fuck, no, dude. Everyone was dying, bro. You fucking murdered her. I'm like, okay. And it's not, I just want to see, like, where the comic and the woke is. But right. here's the thing. If they were to sit me down, the woke side, they are correct in we have, I, I, I'll take responsibility for me, relied on some lazy tropes. Mm -hmm. I agree. But then I make fun of the fact of what they say of certain things. It's like when I, I got in trouble, I do, you know, I did a character, I did a, you know, stereotypical gay voice. And I was like this and I did this whole character. And some lady came up to me after the show and she's like, you know, not all gay men talk like that. And I said, I looked at her and I said, you're right. But a lot do. <laughs> right. I'm going to go with the numbers. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I'm not making fun i'm just recording what happens this is a character right but she's right you know i gotta get better and more inventive in my material but then i'm the good thing is i'm commenting on the comments mm -hmm. um but in a nutshell older people are a little outdated on some of their thoughts and i being one of them so i'm looking at what i'm outdated on Younger people are more in tune, but a little softy about it. Yeah, a little sensitive. Offended, well, we're all but, sensitive. Yeah, I don't. I hate that people could take that term. It's not sensitive. It's just here's the term I want to start out. Okay, humorless. They don't have jokes, dude. People don't aren't able to laugh at themselves, and it's like I'm sorry. Who made you God? Like yeah. people make jokes about me 
all the fucking time. <laughs> people make jokes about you. Yeah. People make jokes about your lineage, uh -huh. your hair, whatever. People make jokes about my career, my fucking bald spot, whatever. So it's like, if we can't joke about you, are you the Dalai Lama? Like, who are you? <laughs> so yes, I agree with what they're saying. Like, work harder. Okay, right. I will. But also, let it go, let it let it down. Yeah, a let bit. it be a joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm you know I'm obviously uh, have not had the same sorts of criticism as you because not as many people have seen my work. Mm -hmm. But the few things that people have seen, like when the Laugh Factory posts a video of me, or Theo will put me on a podcast of his or something like that. Every single time, I've gotten negative comments yeah and positive ones but the negative ones are the ones that stick out and the ones that i think about and ruin my day well that's what hacklers has yeah so so that's what where i think about your movie and stuff like that but originally i used to think man like it really bums me out and maybe i should change my material and try to be less offensive and appease those people but now when i find that someone is actually mad at the things i say and this is probably the wrong take to have on it too, but I think, oh, they're stupid. Yeah. They don't know that I'm joking. They're too stupid to get the joke. If everyone's laughing and one person goes, hey, it, you really offended me. I go, well, that's on you because everyone else laughed. Bro, I just did a whole joke. I did a whole show at the Improv a couple weeks ago and a guy came and I, he was brave and I wanted to take a picture with him. He didn't. He was a 20-year-old kid, like, you know, a little soft. You know, like striped sweater, mm -hmm. cuffed his pants, you know, wearing a pair of spurries. Nice kid. And he he got really he spoke up for me to me after the club in front of like nine comedians and addressed why he was offended by some of the jokes. This was recently? Yeah, it was two weeks ago when we wow. and I listened to him all and his girlfriend was really pretty and she was really offended and she laughed. So he was a man. I don't know if he's out there watching. He was a motherfucking man to stand up to me. He didn't threaten me, but he was just telling me why he thought I was stupid in front of nine comedians and with them going, hey, this is, this is what it is. And he stayed, he stayed his ground. So I respect him and I listened and other comedians like, why are you listening? You're you. And I'm like, because man, that's the problem with the world. But at the end of the conversation, so did you engage or did you just hear what he had to say and go, okay, thank you. Like, what was it? Did you, did I you heard have a debate? He, I heard yeah. what he had to say Uh huh. and I then um, tried to address it. And then he didn't understand it. Got it. So he didn't want to hear your side of it. He did. He just could. It just could. He couldn't grasp it. Yeah. He couldn't grasp it. If you mentioned this in a joke that you're doing a joke about something that's very uncomfortable, and I'm like, dude, that's why we address it to make it uncomfortable to, to right. address the uncomfortability to kind of let the air out of the tire. So maybe this is something we could talk about. Right. You know. That's but he he you know there's something called the white knight. You know what that is? The guy who like. Was like, yeah, that guy's an asshole. I'll walk you home. You know, that right. guy, like the fake, you know, feminist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not really. Sometimes a closet homosexual. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, cut clean up. You know those videos. They clean it all up at <laughs> yeah. the end. Um, or he he was like, but he stuck his ground. He yeah. didn't have his girlfriend. He defended that, his girl. Yeah, I, I was he, really impressed with him. Yeah, he told and you what he wanted to And if he wants to, to shit on me online, he's allowed to because he gave it, a, he was very... That's true. One thing I always say I about internet him. haters, it's like, would you say that to me in real and life? He did. And he did. He so waited after, came up to me and said, hey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I was impressed by that. 
That is that is impressive. <laughs> yeah. That is it is more impressive when someone comes up and talks to you and doesn't just leave a nasty comment online or no. or, or heckle during the show. You know, if they yell out during the show, it's like if they wait till after to tell you, that's think about our I will life, give them though, benefit. This kid told me he was working in banking. I don't know, he was like twenty or twenty one, looked like yeah. a nice kid, probably smart. His life is completely different than mine. I mean, he is in a system of schooling, I have no idea, but I mean, he was going to school, he's working at a bank, he's blah, blah, blah. That is like, that is not my life at all. No. My life is like, what am I feeling? What do I want to talk about? Let me go on stage and go crazy. Let me fucking, you know, be with who I want. Let me fucking explore the world. You know what I mean? It's like, I am. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Yeah, we're. We're free. Artistic. Yeah. You know what I Have mean? Have you made any movies since Heckler, in the, like independent style movies? <sighs> I made a couple. I produced two, but uh-huh. it wasn't like that type of thing. I haven't done any docuseries. To me, we don't know each other that well, but you've done it all. Thank you. You had the Jamie Kennedy experiment, which I watched growing up. Loved it. Uh, Malibu Most Wanted. Tons of great movies. Um now, as a as an adult, as a forty something year old man, yeah, would you? Since you've you've accomplished these like amazing things that people dream of, mm-hmm. if someone offers you like an independent movie or something that isn't as good as what you've done, do you are you kind of waiting for something to match something that you've done, or would you still take on? Do you have that same mentality of your stand up where you'll go do a little show? Would you do that for like movies and TV shows too? That's a long answer. I'll try to give it to you simply. Um, Man, dude, I started my career and I fucking, I'll never forget this. I I auditioned for SNL and I didn't get it. I went to New York, did all that stuff. And it was Mm -hmm. like- You did the full test. Yeah. It was 94. You met, uh, what's his name? Um, I met Lauren Michael and I met Chris Warley. That's sick. And I performed in a club. And did stand up and I didn't get it. And I was like, fucking, I think it was either the year before or the year after Sarah Silverman got on. I think she got on maybe that year. Janine Garofalo had it, it was already on. Okay. This was early, dude. Yeah. I think I was either tw- I was just turned 24 or 23. And I'm like, you know, it's, and that's pretty young, but my goal was like that around that time because Eddie Murphy was like my hero, you know? Right. So you really wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. I went back. And I went to the store and I was getting like a please allow. Right. At the comedy store. Yeah. Yeah. In 94. Mm-hmm. And I started dating a girl who was also getting please allows. And she went up and she was showcasing. And then I went up and I did okay. I didn't do great. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'll, I'll never forget this. I sat in front of the store. This is 25 years ago. In that little bar, which has not changed. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, that was my goal. And then I started getting, like, little TV spots. I started getting audition. At least I, they heard that audition, so I was being brought in. So I got, you know, audition, audition, and I got, like, a little guest spot. And I got another little guest spot. And then I started getting movies. It's a long process, but the simple yeah. is the movies were more serious. And so I had good movie after good movie after good movie after good movie. And then around 2000, so like four and a half years of just movie, 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 movie. I just, things started getting a little more tense. Like I wasn't working as much. But I mean, I was working on a movie every nine months. Yeah. 
And I'm like, what am I going to do? And and in the movies, people thought I was funny or they would say this awesome person was funny. And I was like, this isn't – I was coming up in the store. I was coming up in improv. I was coming up at the, at, in the factory and I would see people murder it. I'm like, oh, that, there's a difference between being funny in a movie and being funny. Yeah. So then I always had that idea and that's how the Jamie Kennedy experiment came to be, the show, the town, what I believe funny is, you know, and yeah. I'm going to cover and all that stuff. Then it became my own entity, my own comedy star when I did Malibu's, I got the sequel to The Mask and stuff. Yeah. So this is a long answer, but the long story is this, is that I was holed out for stuff for a while. Yeah. And then you catch yourself sitting around. And you're like, it's, it's like, I don't need to work, you know, I guess I could use the practice, but it's like, what do I want right. to do? Yeah, right? exactly. But you, but you Your do, goals change. Yeah, you get a little crazy. So I have taken things sometimes that weren't exactly great because I wanted to work, but it's uh -huh. like no one's offering me anything. And sometimes they're not even letting me go in for things right. because I almost have, I have more baggage than an unknown because I'm me. So right. people are, already have preconceived notions. So- the answer is yes. I want to make do good stuff, mm -hmm. and if you look at the last like six years, there's some good stuff mixed with some dreck. But and sometimes I, you don't know before you do it. No, so, yeah, of course. But I mean, I've done like a fart comedy, and I've also done movies with Guy Pierce and Pierce Bronson. What about? I want to hear the story of how you got uh, that your cameo in Harold and Kumar goes to White Castle. I thought you were really funny in that. Thank you. But the, the, answer your question. Yeah. yeah, if somebody has a good independent, a gritty. And you read the script and you love it, you'll do Fuck it. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. That's how a McConaughey, I believe, made Mud. Or no, Dallas Buyers Club. Right. Some dude put it in his mailbox, he read it, he got it made. If anyone has that, bring it to me. I'm looking for that million dollar. Tight. Like, but it's something that's got to have drama to it. Sure. Because I'm naturally. It's be real. Yeah, I'm more dramatic than I am funny, even though if you think I'm funny, thank you. But it's like, I'm a little bit, something with like psycho, a little psycho edge. Yeah. I can see that. But I play like, you know where I got those chances? Lifetime. I've done a couple of Lifetime movies where they let you play something a little psycho. Um, Harold and Kumar was just, it was one of those great moments where it was just an offer. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, he didn't have to audition for that. No, they so said, here, like, come in, do this, do whatever you want. Yeah. Boom. Anthony Anderson, do whatever you want. Ryan Reynolds. It was like five of us that are like cameos. And they were so awesome. We shot it in a night. Yeah. And Cal was my buddy, you know, and John Cho I knew. And they were like, let's go at it. And it was yeah. just, it's fun. Just goofing on set, doing yeah, a funny character. Yeah, just like improv yeah. and it was late at night and we're up by the Griffith Observatory and I'm getting paid a lot and I'm making them. And people to this day quote that. Yeah, I was going to say, well, of all the things you've done, what do you get? What would you, do you have a number one where it's like, oh, Jamie Kennings, you know, what's your number one where people are like, Jamie from this? It's tossed. I mean, it's, or I gotta be mix, honest. Or is it a even, mix between them? There is even no though Scream is like probably the most most mark I've left on pop culture, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's older though. But it's not really. It's more relevant than ever in a way. That I shouldn't have died in Scream and Malibu. Malibu wasn't as big as a hit, but it's just growing. It's, like a, it's a cold hit. Yeah, it's yeah. just growing. And and Howard and Kumar, that scene, Heckler now. That's cool. It's a mix of things, but it's cool that the internet's resurging all these these older pieces of art too, dude. And people are gonna like what they want to like mm -hmm. when they want it. That's what's True. beautiful. That's why I think people that had stalled careers will have the career they deserve if the audience finds them. Yeah.
Hundred percent. Because a lot of sometimes a career, some of the people you're like, why is that person popular? Because the mass media jammed them down our throat. We didn't ask for it, but then people come up slowly, and then you see, oh my god, this person's amazing. What is something in your life that I could help you with? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, because you know, even though I'm younger than you, yeah. And have less experiences oh, yeah. than you in the world. But I'm going to come to you for advice. I'm. I could fix you. That's your mo. I could. Uh all right. If you're if you're open to it, I'm open. If you're to willing it. to open your heart and your mind, yes. I'll I'll save you. Um. Okay. If you really want to know, mm-hmm. sometimes I obsess about things. Just obsessive compulsive. No, not compulsive. I just obsess. What's something you've obsessed over? Uh, I hate it in our business because early on I learned that you say something to somebody who didn't mean it like that and they take it away. And then it's like, next thing you know, somebody might be mad at you. And you're like, I didn't know it was like that. Oh, yeah. I've gotten people mad at me. And I'm like, I'm a nice guy. Why are you mad at me? So, yeah, I think, honestly, the obsess, sometimes I obsess about shit and it it lives rent free in my mind. And indefinitely. No. Until you confront time, it. Time will let it go. Yeah. Or I'll get a new experience and I'll be like, boom, boom, and it'll wash away. But in the moment. So how do you, you're wondering how you can be better about not obsessing over little things that. Not giving a fuck. Not how about that? Fuck. Can you teach me to not give a fuck? Not giving a fuck. I mean, just telling yourself you don't give a fuck. Have that as a mantra in your head. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I think that that works. Right. If you say something in your head throughout the day, I don't give a, just remind yourself, oh, like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I, I deserve don't give, it. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't say any of that. Yeah. You are a good person. I know that. I don't know you that well, but you'll laugh at a guy bombing. You'll come to a guy's garage and do their podcast. You are a good person. This for is a sure. garage? It's a one-car garage. I thought this was a studio. <laughs> my apartment show and my garage studio. I'm a, I'm a makeshift guy. Dude, your apartment show was bomb. I try. It was in a good way bomb. You know, you got to put 100% to everything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't half-ass things. No. Someone's like, oh, I got a podcast. I record on my phone. That's not a podcast. Like this isn't half a you, set. Yeah, this is. Full set. Full set. So yeah, I would say that. Keep a mantra in your head that, that you don't give a fuck. It's that, was that, really, that was really great therapy. Yeah, I think I could. I think it's I know it's work. that was probably easy advice, but yeah, I think it was good. I mean, that wasn't really <laughs> how. I, wow, you have to take. Okay, what advice would you give yourself on not giving a fuck? Give yourself better advice if mine wasn't good. <laughs> you have to <laughs> know your worth. Okay, know your worth. But that's different than not giving a fuck, right? No, because sometimes you give a fuck because you're like, oh, you're worried about that person more than you worry about yourself. Right. Really? Who cares about that person? I don't know if we're doing a bit right now, but I'm being serious. Me too. Jesus. <laughs> but he's good. Yeah, I don't know if he's being real or not. He's a good actor. I'm a thespian. Yes. All right. Did you ever take an acting class or did you just... Yeah, I took some. But you don't need it. Yeah. In fact, it kind of... It made me great and it fucked me up at the same time, but it made me great, but... Chelsea took it too. Chelsea Skidmore. She went to the same program. Oh yeah. And we talk about it. But she uh it's great because it tunes you in very much so. It's like so 
it did help me a lot. I actually, it did help me up a lot. But then there are certain things that I would, it would give you actual tools how to break down a scene. And sometimes for a little while, I'd be thinking about how to do a scene as opposed to just naturally doing it. Were you ever me too in Hollywood? Did someone Jesus ever, Christ, did no. someone ever like fondle you on, make you uncomfortable? Oh, was I? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did anyone ever touch you? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you willing to talk about it? What do you want to know? That shit happens to me all the time. Someone like said, hey, like, hey. What is your definition? Made you. Was I me pressured? too? No, I was never uh, taken advantage of. Were you ever pressured into doing something you didn't want to do physically with a man or a woman? Uh, I was never pressured. I never would, has give, a, has I a would f- never give in. I would say that I have been p- pushed. I mean, there's definitely people that have insinuated shit. Yeah, of course. One time, to just to make you more comfortable, uh, one time I made out with a casting director No, for a $200 storytelling TV show. And? Got it. I got the, I got the part. Wow. Yeah. And, but I, I'll be honest, I would have made out with her. Anyway. Either way, she was pretty cute. So you got the job. Got the job and made out with her. And you handled your business? And I did, and I did a good job. And the show got canceled, so I didn't do good enough. But, but you only made out at first to okay. get the part. I made out, and then later we might have done more stuff. Okay. So I've been through it. I know what it's like. Yeah. You could be open and honest. Um, now that I have been, I have been. Yeah, that was intense. <laughs> no, but I think that people always. I have been poked and prodded it doesn't bother me but again i'm a man and i feel comfortable in the sense that i could tell people no so yeah i'm not a you'll woman. say no if you need to yeah i'm not even as like a young 20 21 year old well i was never got it that bad okay i never got it that bad i got as okay re- recently i did a movie this is not a big deal mm-hmm. this is not a big deal this is a true story Cause I'm being real. Were you being real? I'm you being, were being real. A joke. I mean, no. Her name was Megan. Stop, dude! Don't Jesus. She lives in Nashville now. She quit the business. <laughs> you guy, you fucking put her on blast. <laughs> she won't return my text. <laughs> okay, I did a movie recently, and I had to be dressed in really tight clothes because it was a period piece. And one of the extras goes, "Damn, those pants make your ass real juicy." <laughs> And her friend goes, and what about that basket? And I go, you guys like it? They go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's common. (laughs) That's very common. It is funny because, like, to me, that's funny. And I would laugh if someone said that to me. Yeah. But if it was flipped. Oh, fuck, dude. If you said that to to the lead, if you were an extra and you said that to the female lead Mm -hmm. of a movie, Mm -hmm. that extra is Fired? Fired? They're doing time. <laughs> They're doing fucking time. If you said to a, a female, if you said it to Jennifer Aniston, if you're an extra and Jennifer Aniston was on Friends and she was wearing tight pants, you go, your ass looks juicy tonight on set. Yeah. You're done. Bro, that happened That happened to me. But then the, 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 the creativity of and that basket, <laughs> it was funny. Were these white girls? Older, uh, middle-aged white ladies. Nice. So, you know, they had like Jamie on the brain and I was high with it. I mean, it was like complimentary. So I was That's like, the thing. Yeah. When a girl hits on me, I'm even if I have no uh, remote attraction to that girl whatsoever, I'm never 
offended. Because it's like, thank you. Yeah, thank I you. Feel I'm pretty. not interested, but thank you so much yeah. for And for again, we're saying it. Well, that's how we react to it. I had a woman come up to me recently at a club up north. I do this in a joke, but she was like an old Slim Jim. She was like 78 to 83 years old. I don't know. One of those people that never put on SPF. Yeah. Looked like, you know, a piece of I think that's going to be me. You got to put it on. Yeah. And Too she, late. she was old and like smoked Virginia Slims and stuff. And was doing a meet and greet. And she fucking had these nails, beautiful red nails with French tips for like an old, an old bag with yeah. beautiful nails. Yeah. It was, it was bizarre. And I was like, she was like, what do you got? You got a shirt and all that stuff. And then I go, I think your nails, wow, look at those nails. And she goes, oh yeah. This is true. She goes, they look great wrapped around your cock. And I was like, lady, I was like, <laughs> And there's are there other other people yeah. around. Yeah, and I was like this. I was looking at. It, I was like, before a second, I was like, <laughs> "What's up?" You know what I mean? It was like one thirty in the morning. Yeah. You know, she's like seventy nine. Um. Anyway, that happens to me a lot. People say shit to me all the so time. So did, did she come up to your room or no? No, I let no. her go. She had to yeah. go back to the that's home. That's nice. Yeah. But literally, that's a true story. Yeah. And I could tell you lots of stories like that, but it doesn't bother me. Again, I'm a man. I feel confident in myself yeah. in my strength. That's what I'm not saying. I, I don't, I feel like I can say no. Yeah. You know what I if mean? If a girl slides into my DMs, yes. I'm polite every time. Hey, thank you. That's so sweet of you to say that I'm cute, but I'm seeing someone or I'm not, I'm not interested. <laughs> let's be, or let's just be friends. <laughs> You're so sweet in your DMs. That's what I'll say. Occasionally after a show, I'll get slid a DM yeah. from someone I'm not interested in. And I'll respond. I'll say, she'll say, Hey, I thought you were really cute. If you want to hang out and I'll say, that's so sweet of you. Uh, I'm not interested or let's just be friends, something like that. So I never understand when a girl gets mad at a guy for hitting on them. Yes. For some harmless, hey, yes. you're cute. Yes. And if two or three girls say, please meet me behind the comedy store, you're just like. It depends on the two or three girls. No. I mean, if they're in numbers, it increases the chances oh, of me no, wanting yeah, yeah, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Like if. If I would say no to you, but then it was you and your friend combined, yeah. I'll probably say yes. Wow. So because you like, you, like the, you like the added help. Well, it's just like makes a good story. Yeah. That's why you're, I'm sure that's why you're doing it for the story. I've had one, has nothing I've to had do one threesome in my life. Your whole, your whole life. Yeah. It was my ex-girlfriend and her friend and it was. You're really spilling the tea. It, it was an incredible experience. Okay. So what happened? After the after the so threesome. they had had a threesome once before yeah so I knew that about them yeah and they were hanging out one night we were all drinking so that ener the energy was in the air knowing that they had done it once before they had a threesome without you with a different male early before I was going out with this that's girl nice. so you're there to clean it up so I was like if they could do it with them they could do it with me and that's what happened well and it was incredible so for it was me two, it, was it was incredible two girls. for me not for yeah two girls all right. And I had a great time. I don't know if either of them did, okay. but I had a wonderful. Well, did you experience. check in with them after? Or? Yeah, you know they were not. They said, "Oh yeah, that was fun," but just, fun. I don't think either of them orgasmed. So it was like fun. It was, and you know, Al, like you California Adventure. You could fun. say, "Oh, Ari couldn't make them orgasm." Yeah, we were also drinking. That that inhibits a she female orgasm. She had a little orgasm. bit of whiskey, disky. Yeah, yeah, that okay. that that hurts chances. And also, we're just getting comfortable with each other. It's the first time. Yeah. Maybe you need two or three. That's normal. So wow. it's like a lot of people listen to that story and judge me like I'm not that good at, at sex. But You could have lied and said one of them did. Yeah, but they didn't. Neither of them did. At all? No. Did they walk out? Did they spend the night or they left right after? 
they both spent the night. Uh, girlfriend at the time spent the night in my bed, and her friend spent the night on the couch. Well, that's weird. You think we should all should have shared the yeah, bed? Yeah, you cuddle? just had a threesome. Why are you putting her out there like redhead I stepchild? Think if it was we were all strangers, we would all cuddle. Yeah. But when one of them's your girlfriend, you have to let her know at the end, like, you're still my girl, you know? But so did, that's did, why the one goes on the couch, to let her know, hey, that was just a physical thing. I still, you're still my girl. Did the other one, was she friends with that girl? Yeah. And did they do stuff? Yeah. Jesus, you're really putting her business out there. I didn't say any names. Okay. Well, I didn't say you anything. probably only had like two girlfriends your whole life. Five. I've okay. had five girlfriends. So it's a one. It's a twenty percent chance. So hold on. <laughs> they did stuff, and then they then she was like, "You got to go to the couch." And they weren't weird. Let me ask you this: and be real, and don't do a character right I now. I swear to God, I'll be real. Do not be a character. Okay, I've never. I don't even know what a character is. Did you sneak in the DMs of the friend after? No, I did not. Promise. That's honorable. Um, That's I'll good for threesome etiquette, by the way. This is why more threesomes should have. That's if people can obey that code. But let me let me tell you some that was more. Honorable. Let me tell you some more details. A lot of women are scared of that, and a lot of guys are scared of that. If it happens, vice versa. Let me tell you some more details. Number one, I'm not a cheater. And to me, that's right. that's cheating. Yeah, she was. Think about how what generosity that girlfriend Incredible. had to let you have a threesome. Incredible. So to, for you to go abuse that afterwards, it's like. Be happy with what you got. Yeah. You got this amazing experience. Don't go around her back after that. Yeah. But then there's more reasons, I'll say. The, the friend yeah. wasn't as cute as the girlfriend. I got it. So it's like I'd be DMing for a downgrade. Yeah. Don't want to do that either. Yeah. I also later found out. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut this out. I don't know. Yeah. I later found out that her friend had herpes. Stop it. Didn't know in the experience. Stop so, it. So I'm having a threesome with two girls. Stop it. Later found out that one of the girls in the threesome had herpes. No one told you? She didn't know at that moment. So she found out weeks later. She had herpes? That she had herpes. She hits us up and she says, hey, you guys should go get tested. I just found out I have herpes. So now we're freaking out. Like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. We run, get tested. We're good. But still. Okay, so now you definitely, people know who you're talking about. And now I'm not hitting up the herpes girl. Of course you're not going to hit up herp. Yeah. Not that there's any, if you have herpes out there, nothing wrong with that. A lot of people have it, but I don't want it. No. That's all I'm saying. No one really yeah. wants it. Yeah, no one wants it. She didn't tell you? She didn't know. She didn't, she didn't know until after. So that's, let's be real. The reason you didn't slide in her DMs, you didn't want an itch. I didn't want an itch. So if she didn't have herpes? I still don't think I would have, but yeah. that made it a lot easier. I'll say that. That made it, <laughs> that made it a lot easier not to slip in those DMs. Well, she hit the girl up with a sore. I don't friend. like I'm a horny guy, but yeah. I don't go after girls with herpes. Yeah, you know. Again, you just alienated about 49% of your audience. Do you think 49% of my audience has so. herpes? I think so. Comment below if you have herpes. <sighs> a lot of people aren't gonna want to do that. <laughs> do it. Be brave. I've been brave. Yeah. Here's a story that happened to me last week. Anyway, to go back to the me too, we're not minimizing it. Not at all. So last week. I was making out with a girl. I don't know why I was doing that with my hands. I was making out with a girl. You were counting down how many times you hooked up last week, and it would just be maybe I wish, one, yeah. Maybe one. Yeah, God. definitely just one last week. So she came over. Mm. To here? To Upstairs? here in my apartment, yeah. Okay. We're making out with our mouths, mm, kissing end. each other with tongue and whatnot. Got it. And she kept saying, I can't, I can't do, uh, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do it. I Meaning farted. sex. Uh-oh. You heard that. 
as long as I don't smell it, we'll see. Okay, go ahead. So she kept saying, I, I can't do this. I and can't I, do what? She was implying she can't have sex. Okay, so Because it was getting hot and heavy. All right. And I find she kept saying it though when I wasn't I wasn't like trying to have sex you know I wasn't trying to take her pants off I wasn't we were fully clothed just making out and she kept saying I can't I can't and I said hey um I don't want to do anything you don't want to do but why do you keep saying I can't I'm not I'm not pursuing we don't have to have sex why do you keep saying I can't What are you making out with her We were just making out Well that's you know a little bit people think you're going to want to go further But I I would get it if I was like I kept going for it or okay. something but right. I wasn't doing that All right. So I was like, this why? could go very dicey territory right now. <laughs> I Jesus. think it will. Be. So I said, so I stopped making out and I go, why do you keep saying I can't? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, I'm not, it's okay, but why do you keep saying that? And she said, I just found out that I have an STI and I have herpes. So this is the second herpes experience in my life. And so I said, by the way, go ahead. I said, thank you for telling me that first mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And I said, there's, thank you for being honest with me. There's nothing wrong with that. I think, uh, in some ways, that's good. I said, you're going to find a guy that that really has to care for you now and isn't just going to want to have sex with you. So in some ways, that could be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. And then she left, and I have never talked to her again. Wow. This is going to really endear you to your female audience members. This is. <laughs> I might cut all this out. This is fucking. <laughs> this might all get Wait, cut that, out. That whole story get rid of. Get rid Wait of that a minute. What? Are you really that? Well, how old are you? 30. I just turned 30. Do you really say STI? She said STI. She goes, it's not. She was very self-conscious about it. First of all, it's not an STI. Is that true? Herpes is. Wait, is that true, that story? Yes. A, that's amazing on her part. God bless her. For telling or what was the amazing part? Like being for being so She's honest. She's so honest about yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. She could have just passed on the herpes to me. Um B, you you what is an STI? I've heard this. So sexually transmitted uh, infection? I, I believe so, yeah. Infection as opposed to disease. So they're essentially interchangeable and they're both things that no one wants. But of course, someone with an STI gets defensive and goes, "Not an STD, it's an STI." But it's it's a disease. It's a thing you don't want. It's a disgusting. It's a lifelong thing in disgusting. your body that you don't want. See, they want to make it more like digestible. But if we make she it, was self, it was her being self conscious. About no, but she's herpes. cool. Yeah, but STD is like, yo, listen, the numbers are there according to the press. Dot like chlamydia is like an all time high. It's At least like, that one can go away. Chlamydia is hotter than chlamydia it's ever is the been. one you want. Well, I don't know. There was like another one, gonorrhea. Like Same one. millennials, two, yeah, I think, are, are fucking not more than other people, but I think they're. I it's think God funny. is trying to put a stop to it. No, because millennials are hooking up. Right. Do you guys use bags? I try not to. Are you crazy? Do you I guys mean, not know what a bag is? You know what's funny? It's like when I when I was seventeen, wow. I lost my virginity, and That's I a used, lot of information. And I used bags, right? Yeah. Condoms. Yeah. And they didn't bother me at all. I was like, who cares? Like, yeah, be safe. It still feels amazing. Wear a condom. No big deal. Yeah. Now that I'm 30, though, yeah. if someone uses, like, we got to use a condom, I'm like, ah, oh, do we have to? Like, Dude, do you want a baby? No, I don't want a baby. Do you want an STI? No. I mean, what are you thinking? Well, you here's what you do. You have a conversation. You go, hey, do you want a baby? And she goes, no. And you go, do you have any STIs? And she goes, no. And then you go, all right. No bags. 
No, why use a bag? It's so amazing. I was growing up in the '80s, and that was just bag. You put a bag on when you're even. You put a bag. And over back your then, hat. they weren't even as good. The bags were thicker and not as comfortable. No, now they have these ultra on thin bag. ones. This yeah. new generation is bagless. It's yeah, like bagless. If, if you don't wear a bag, you got to know everything about this person. A full screening, a full background check, a mental health. It's called. Check. It's called being a giving, trusting person. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's oh. just being open minded. To this young lady and her history and, and believing what she and has she's to say. Ready, and she's okay without going with a bag? Most of them are. Not all of them. Yeah, I do. I do. I have seen and So you always this. use bags? I'm not going to tell you what I do, but Fair I'm enough. very responsible. I know my part in the lovemaking process. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my side of the street clean. Smart. I mean, come on, man. I guess that's why, I guess that's why you know, you're you and I'm me. Because I live my whole life bagless. You're bagless. I'm a bagless type of guy. I mean, I like it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with not having a bag, but you got to know who the other, you know, who the other. That's why, you know, you you sit them down, you look them in the eyes. What's the word for the bag? You got to know who the other bag holder is. I going to say trash can, but you can't say that. Have you ever you used put- a, a female condom? I'm not a uh, female. I don't identify. <laughs> no, but have you ever had a girl who put on a female condom? No. I don't, know, I. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Oh, really? No. They make female condoms, so they it's a, a bag that goes. I in, had a girl the, take vagina. some kind of like lubricant and just go <laughs> and shoot it up there without me knowing. And then I was and like, then it was like cold? No, I was like having sex with her and like all this like white goo came out. I'm like, oh my God, did I come <laughs> yeast infection? Ah, like, what is that? And then she's like, oh no, it's anti-spermicidal. She like didn't tell me, but it was like, it was it like, a mess. it was like <laughs> oh, a <God>. frappuccino. <laughs> and, but I mean, listen, she covered the surface area. Then I yeah. went bagless with her because I know her. A girl who does that is a girl you could trust. But I love the fact that she did it, but I just didn't know what it was. But apparently right. that's so, but I haven't seen it since her. But yeah, I, I think, look, dude, I honestly, in a perfect world, everyone should have all their stuff and like this. Bip, there's my history. Right. Yeah, and if you, you get offended, you're not getting it. If you get offended, you're not safe. And yeah. I don't, and I wouldn't trust you. Bip, I that's should, why we I should keep, all have a card. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one final question. Honestly, this is a sad truth. No bits. No, bit. I'm just, I'm just insane. So, here's a, here's my final question. And then I, well, I have a question for you. Okay. Well, why, when did you start comedy? Twenty two. Uh, two thousand twelve at twenty two. Yeah, right after college. Where did you go to college? UC Santa Cruz. Fuck yeah, bro. Banana slug, dog. And you didn't smoke weed up there a lot? I did, but not. It was never an issue. It was never like, man, I need to cut down on my weed. Did you? Um, what made you want to be a comic? I wanted, I always was a class clown. I like making people laugh. I like sleeping in. I didn't want to get a job. It was just enjoyable. I signed up for this comedy contest one time and I did it and I loved it. And I've just been hooked ever no since. No deep pain? I'm a sad person. I have de- like depression like everyone else, but right. I was not like molested or anything. Yeah, no. But you yeah, no to- trauma. No trauma, but but I'm but I'm a I'm a downer guy. Well, you're healthy. I, yeah, I'm healthy, but I'm not I'm not happy. You know what I mean? Well, who's happy? Uh, good question. True. Oh, was it the day before? The day before I was on the fucking road, and I did these shows. I had a sold out weekend. 
Tight. Congrats. Which is good for me. I don't yeah. usually sell out my weekends. So hopefully something's happening. Yeah. Can't can't hurt. And um, well, this is gonna just help add to it. Um and I was like flying home. You know how it is. You do your show, you're done with all your meet and greets, everything. It's one. Do you fly first class? Sometimes. I mean, it doesn't really bother me because if I'm only in the States, first class not great. First class right. overseas always. Yeah. Not to sound like a bouge, but to get that bad. I got my first taste of first class this year and man, it is nice. But in the States it doesn't matter. Unless it's, you're flying it's private. It's nice, but it's yeah. But going to yeah. Europe, yeah. So but I fly coach a lot. Um, do you have one airline you stick with, or do you go with average? You can't because what happens? You go or do to you Buffalo. try? Do you try to stick with one airline? I try to stick with American a lot. Okay, but it's hard Build because up certain points. places don't go yeah. to you know you know Poughkeepsie, and so it's like you gotta, yeah. Anyway, you know you you're down to two, and then you and then you gotta get a six a.m. flight, and you have like an hour at your hotel, and you mm-hmm. don't get any sleep, and you're just out of it. So I'm like on the plane, and I was like sad. I was like, oh, sad, I'm crammed in, and then I got to lay over in Atlanta, and I'm like huffing it, and I'm like, and then I come home, Sunday, I felt a little funky, and then Monday, I got sleep, and yesterday, I felt incredible. That's great. And I drank pumpkin. And With I the f- season. I felt incredible, and I don't know what it is. And I had a, a, a checkup yesterday, and I got a good checkup. And I don't know, and I kept drinking pumpkin. <laughs> this all goes back to the sad From Starbucks? Yeah. Okay. Pumpkin nitro cold brew. And I have my brother, because he's kind of nuts like you, but he's like a super researcher. Uh-huh. And he, I'm like, go, dude, research pumpkin. Because I swear, my spirits are lifted. And I haven't been depressed in two days. Not that I'm depressed all the time. Right, but you've had a great two days. Incredible. I did two shows last night. I felt great. And so I guess, like, I don't know what makes people happy because nothing really makes me happy except we go on stage. Except pumpkin. I'm, dude, going on stage killing, it's a yeah. nice moment. Yeah, yeah. Then it goes away. Taking a hit off a joint, it's a nice moment. Right. Boom. Having sex with a girl on Google Doc, it's a nice moment. Right. But, but the pumpkin, fleeting. I'm not kidding you, keeps me fucking like this. Well, here's I don't know I- if it's pumpkin. It could be, but here's what I'll say to that, and that's awesome. I'm if glad you're you a found researcher pumpkin. and you're watching Aring Manus, write this in if it's true. I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna try pumpkin because I actually don't eat pumpkin flavor stuff because I've never really liked dude. it. But I'm gonna because of this. I swear to God, dude. I'm gonna go out and get a pumpkin latte, dude. I promise you, I am. But I will say this. Remember, like, I mean, you probably don't remember, but remember when you first started stand-up comedy twenty almost thirty years ago? Yeah, that's me. And you would have a great set. Yeah. When? I didn't really have a good set for a while. Okay, well, I remember having a good set when I first started. And, and I would uh, I would be high from that for literally a week. Like that whole week. Yeah. I'd be like, I had a great set. Like, holy shit. I'm, that was so fun. And you'd feel great. Mm-hmm. But that, like anything, it becomes less and less. And kind of like the first time you have sex with a girl. You lose your virginity. You're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. But it all becomes less and less and less. Yeah. So be careful with that pumpkin, dude. Don't abuse it. 
take that pumpkin when you're having a bad day. Don't don't sip on that pumpkin all day every day because then it's, those effects from that pumpkin are going to be less and less and less. That's all I'm saying. You found it. Congratulations. <sighs> You've had a great two days. Now go two days without the pumpkin and use it again. That's fucked up. It's I know it's, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Dude, I'm just saying. I want to go and get another pumpkin because what I'm saying is it's that's like when you a, listen to a song. You on just repeat. ruined it. I didn't ruin it. You ruined no, it. No, I'm making it better so it'll last longer. No, but maybe what I'm trying yeah. to say is on the real tip, that pumpkin. Oh, what'd your brother find? Did he find anything no, he about it? Find. He's researching it. Huh. Pumpkin might be constant. It could be. It's true. I'm you not know, bullshitting you. And I'm there's a reason why basic bees are happy. Pumpkin biatches. Pumpkin everything all day in their stories. It could be pumpkin. Of all your, this goes back to your career. It's a real comedy. question. Real question in Hollywood. I ask this to a lot of guests, so it's like a theme, a reoccurring segment theme question. Is your is your podcast usually an hour and fifteen minutes? Roughly. How do you know? You have a clock? No, I just feel it. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's more. Impressive. It's all. It's all on feeling. Go ahead. When You're gonna have to cut out about forty minutes of it. Yeah, there you go. I probably will. Uh, I said a lot of fucked up, embarrassing shit that I don't no, know. No, that's my, okay, but I don't I just, know if we I want can't talk about certain shit because I don't, don't want to be mean to people. Right. I don't know if I want my mom to hear some of the stuff I said about myself. So, is your mom? My mom listens. Does she think you're a great comedian? She's mom, supportive. My mom didn't even know what comedy was. But one yeah, she, I don't know if, I don't think she thinks I'm a great comedian. In fact, when I first started, she goes, don't, Shouldn't you like kind of be funny to do stand up comedy? Well, what does she do? She's a lawyer. Yeah. Where? Santa Cruz? San Diego. Diego? Is that where you grew I'm up? From, I grew up in Diego. Yeah. Oh, you're at Diego? Yeah, dog. That explains a lot. The hardest thing in his life was like down by the lamppost. I didn't, uh, yeah. I mean, on paper, I didn't, ha- I didn't struggle. Diego is like, it's dude, amazing. you and Gary and my buddy Addis, so the director of Hecklers from, from Diego, Gary. Right. Um, Gary, God, what's Gary's last name? He's my, my, one of my best friends. Gary, he's Sharper Productions. He's okay. a comedian. I don't know his last name. He's from Diego. All you guys are like, no Chillers. problems. Yeah, I don't know. Chill. I've never met a depressed person from Diego. I'm depressed, but I have no reason to be. So, okay. So um, okay. Gary so, Robinson. Gary Robinson. Yeah. Of all the things you've done and auditioned for and just projects, everything, what has been... I don't want to say failure, but what has been the thing where you're like, I wish I could go back and either not do it, redo it, or I wish I booked that audition. Like, was there ever something you're like, fuck, this would have been it and it wasn't, you know, something. What's the biggest upsetment? Biggest thing you're upset about? Why you got to go there? If you had to pick one thing. I don't really have a... Super regret, but I do have like a mini question. Okay. Um, I this will be good actually. T. Okay. So, at the time, I did Malibu's. Okay, and it was like my baby. Yeah. And wait, why are you asking this question? I asked it to everyone. It's just kind of like. As a, you know, as a up and coming, whatever, as a comedian, it's just interesting to hear okay. and learn, learn what, how the brain works. Um, so I did Malibu's, mm-hmm. right? And it came out and 
the number one movie of that weekend was Anger Management. Also a good movie. In its second weekend. The second movie was Holes. Also a good movie. Small and number movie. three was Malibu. Okay. And Malibu hung in. It those, and those other two movies were much bigger budget big, movies. Big yeah. and, you know, you know, big press and stuff. Adam Sandler. Yes. Move, biggest movie comedian of our generation. Yes. And then Holes was made by Disney. Yes. And, and, a giant, and for kids, and it's PG and yeah. big production. And then Malibu's was third. And then Malibu's held, like, only dropped like 38%, which, you you know, if you know that, that's a pretty good drop. It didn't yeah. drop as much and, and held on. So it made its budget back and it made some profit. And it was the first time in my career that I was offered, just offered movies. Mm -hmm. Very first time when I was just turning 33. Okay. And I was offered very good money. I mean, I don't know if I can talk about it or not, but I was offered, you know. Seven. Millions of dollars. Yeah. And there was a choice between Son of the Mask and there's a choice between Without a Paddle. Interesting. I didn't know that. This is a story I didn't know. See, that's why I asked. And so Son of the Mask needed a lot of work. It was a lot of, um, it was a huge, it's obviously the biggest shoes to fill, but it was going to be my own way. My own jokes, my own Jamie Kennedyisms, yeah, and with a lot of input creatively, right. It was a bigger budget. It was in a foreign country, but it had a huge July Fourth release. Yeah, so it's go it was big. a big movie. It was go big or go home. Right. July Fourth, The Mask has a new face. Yeah, without a paddle was littler. Um, with a very great director and a great producer. And it had Seth Green. And I believe it already had Dax. And it was either, I think I was up for the Matthew part. And it was before Matthew Lillard, who's also my buddy. And they were like, you know, it's kind of yours if you want one of, yeah. one of the three guys. But I think it was the Matthew part. Yeah. And the offers were the same. Money-wise, they were the same. Yeah. They Got were it. both great money. Yeah. And I'm like, and my... My agencies and my managers say what you want. Not all of them, but more than half of them were definitely pushing me to do it. Now, some were saying, don't do it. To do the mask. mask. Okay. And this other one wasn't, like, I just came off my baby. I just came off Malibu where every joke was mine. Yeah. Where I was the school of Keenan Ivory Waynes where you do, a, you do a line five times. That's why Keenan is a genius. You try it, you everything you try, yeah. and then you edit it. You see what works right. the best. In post, joke, yeah. joke, 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 and I just got to do so much. And I got to give Nick jokes, and Nick gave me jokes, yeah. and Tay and Anthony improvising. I mean, it was like creative. It was amazing. Beautifulness. Your dream. It was literally a dream come true. And then I go into a movie where I'm like the third, one of the three leads, and I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do. And how much control I'm going to have. And this one was a huge monster, the mask. Yeah. But I was told I was going to have a lot of control. Right. Obviously, I went with the mask. Ten podcasts deep, we can talk about that. Right. But I didn't have nearly the control I was told. Right. And Without a Paddle came out. And it opened to the same amount as Malibu's. And it ended up making more. Now, 
people have done very well out of that movie. Sure. You know, I don't know if anyone became solo comedy movie stars, but they right. all are very right, great but no, that and movie, respected yeah. actors, and they're mm-hmm. great. And I, you know, I, I respect and love all those guys in that movie. But had I been from Malibu's to that movie, and if it worked, it might have tanked with me. Sure. Who knows? But if it worked, I always wonder if I was in that movie at that number. Would I have had the same consistency and go, Jamie Kennedy is a consistent opener of medium budget comedies. And would I have gone a little farther longer? Not saying that I'm not going to or I can't, but would I have not had a pile? Yeah, so you have that question pops up in your head. That I did for a while. I'm over it now. Right. But I thought at least I could have maybe bought myself some time until 08 and probably got in the hangover. Right, that's how we work, right? Right. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's impossible to say. Who knows? But uh, it's a good one, right? No, that was a that was a really good one. But I don't that's know if that hear. movie, Son of the Mask, made an impression on pop culture. Still to this yeah. day, people don't like it. <laughs> like without a paddle, I think people like, but I don't know if it's talked about as much. No, but I, it was. I a was hit. It's funny when you were talking about without a paddle. I was going to ask you because I remember the movie coming out, but I was going to ask you. I was like, was that a hit? I can't remember if that was. Like I can't remember how that movie did. But now you answered that question. That's a pretty good story. I never shared that. That was a really good story. That was like gold right there. And that's why I asked that question because everyone has everyone everyone, whether it's you or me, like I have my biggest bullshit audition that I didn't get, or like the story that I tell people, oh, one time this happened, you know, one time I showcased here and I bombed. You know, like everyone had has that story. We're like, hmm, you know, you don't regret it. Life moves on, but you think, what if? But let me yeah. let me tell yeah. you this in my two cents. Yeah. Because now this is going in a different place. I had cred in movies, but I was always like kind of the fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. But I worked with huge movies. Right. You were on people. big movies. You weren't with the big star. stars. Yeah. A lot of stars. Huge stars. I was always the second or third guy in mm-hmm. of their like right hand. And there was, oh man, I had such a fucking close call on a movie called What Women Want. Mel Gibson. And Mark Feuerstein got it. And he's a great actor. But he was like the more straight, conventional, nice way to do it. And I was a little out there. Yeah. So I have been in the rooms with huge $20 million players and been considered or worked with some of them. When I was building my comedy stardom, that was because I wanted to become an entity. And when you become an entity, you can become an entity because Hollywood is run by money. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. You make them money. You can do what you want. And then you can then make your own little indie to get that cred. I would tell anybody coming up, keep your cred. You know, I think I sold out a little early. You don't have to sell out. You can sell out. I don't know what selling out is anymore. Because I look at people that don't have the box office that I had, but they got this cred. And everyone S is the D of cred. And it's not fair because there's people that are in broad comedies that are very credible. So any young artists out there, keep your fucking cred train going. I like that. Dude, I'm blown away. Thank you for doing the podcast. Come on, bro. You know how we do. Love you. Keep Thank that you, Google man. Doc going. <laughs> you're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis. Ari Manis.